What about grain, Michael? It's, <laughs> um, it's probably leading the pack in terms of continuing opportunity uh, off the last couple of years, albeit production probably down, at least prices seem to be in favour. Over to you, to, to grain, please. Absolutely. And as we say, every agri-commodity depends on the weather, but with different agri-commodities, there is more or less that you can do depending on the weather. And as so many of Australia's fantastic grain producers are looking at the skies and thinking, well, what more can we do depending on how things go from here? And the current weather outlook is mixed across Australia's grain regions. Uh, the rainfall has arguably been good and conditions good across much of Victoria, across much of South Australia, and to a degree, southern New South Wales. Uh, probably bigger dry concerns in northern New South Wales and southern Queensland, whereas West Australia, particularly because of its scale, is a bit of a mixed bag. Drier in the north, um, not so bad in the south at the moment. You're absolutely right about prices, uh, that whilst Australia continues to forecast a return to an average season after three good ones, and there are still so many question marks over whether that could go up or down, prices remain reasonably elevated because of some of the uncertainty globally. Yes, prices went to a record highs when Russia went into the Ukraine, then they came back down again, but they're still well above where they were pre-Ukraine and pre-COVID, just because the world wants to be certain about whether grain will keep coming, uh, possible supply chain disruptions as well. What are some of the things that we're seeing out there? Uh, we did see that resumption in issues with trade out of the Black Sea when Russia stopped the Black Sea supply agreement when grain was coming out by sea. Um, the market reacted slightly, but not too much at all. And possibly that was expected. The market since the initial Ukraine crisis started is aware and has watched grain markets closely that a reasonable amount of Ukraine is coming out by land, but also importantly, that there has been uh, relatively good weather in other major Northern Hemisphere producers. So there is a reasonable amount of grain out there on world markets. So still some volatility, um, but as the rain keeps falling, and particularly in the US where forecasts are getting better, um, keeping things uh, not not uh, sort of too up and down. Uh, one more impact that the dry may have in Australia, if the rain doesn't fall, then as far as healthy Australian exports, we may see some domestic rationing start. Uh, we may see some producers who still have grain in storage on their places or some others uh, look to keep grain back uh, with concerns about a dry and thoughts about a dry and whether there might be a, a greater need for domestic feed grain going forward um, or whether there might be even higher grain prices going forward as well if the dry continues. So so those are the major ones impacting wheat. It's um, it, the, the level of inventory held on farm is an interesting one to consider, isn't it? Because after the big crops you would suspect there's been a bit of grain around certainly through the June 30 period. And yeah, that strategy against cropping the ground and, and seasonal outlook, but even as well, uh, the jump or, or volatility and opportunity that comes with that in grain marketing is interesting. Uh, added to that, I guess China has been a massive buyer of our wheat, um, but looks like they're now back in town for barley. So um, what do you think about the releasing of those um, 
barriers to trade into China and the impact of barley prices and the overall grains dynamic in Australia? Absolutely. Um, observers of the industry and particularly barley producers will be well aware that in June 2020, China slapped an 80% tariff on Australian barley. Um, China did this as to what China said was in response to grain dumping. Uh, and so that automatically made grain all but prohibitive to export to China from Australia in what had been its largest market. Now, that at the time had a short-term impact. Price went down, planting shifted away. Uh, but Australian barley relatively quickly found new markets and recovered markets across Asia, uh, the Middle East particularly. So, as you say, what will happen going forward and, and what has happened already after the announcement? The market has reacted cautiously, but also openly, and will do so for China. Um, obviously, Australia is going to take advantage of the opportunities in China, and uh, producers, exporters, and others will send more barley in there, but are also likely to be cognizant of the risk of any further developments. It's probably going to be best for malting barley. There's been a big demand for Chinese brewers for the quality Australian barley to come back. So there'll be a big demand going in there. But uh, as we've seen China overall um, have increased feed grain imports, we're probably also likely to see a boost for feed barley as well. So in terms of a global basis uh, and in terms of prices, this will uh, almost undoubtedly uh, be a good move for the industry too. And you asked about it in terms of how it may impact other crops. Well, the other one we haven't talked about yet is canola as well. And canola producers will be well aware after the great prices they had a couple of years ago and then after things dipped, that prices are heading well back into good territory again. There had been some concerns globally about what uh, canola production would be, particularly with the dry in the Northern Hemisphere and ongoing question marks over Northern Hemisphere production of canola mean that uh, Australian canola prices and export prospects continue to look good. Great. Thank you for that. Good roundup. And it's going to be a fascinating couple of months as we get through the grain districts of, um, of Australia and how the crops are shaping up and what that pricing actually ends up doing.